All right, welcome everyone to the Canadian Perspective, another fucking shit audio podcast. Listen, this is it's going to be this way until we can get together again. And okay, at least have the mic a decent, like at the a consistent distance from your mouth. Okay, is it not consistent right now? I have an earbud in, so it's a it, it's it's like a Bluetooth like device thing. Cool. Okay, like one well, of those douchey like wall street movie bluetooth devices that they use you know what from like the film wall street with uh what the dude what the fuck is the dude name sheen charlie sheen yeah and then then yeah when gecko is like talking on a cell phone in like the 80s yeah on, like a beach that's like a massive brick <laughs> it's like he's about to like throw it through someone's storefront things so massive bro you know i watched um i watched true romance uh, a couple uh, about a month ago and i was watching that and they had a car that had a had a phone in the car yeah like a rotisserie <laughs> a rotary a rotisserie rotary dude bro you're saying poultry geist and now rotisserie phone are you i did not say poultry geist bro you, you are on the slandering brain? my name you have you chicken on the brain right now you are slandering my name this Cole. dude has chicken on the brain stop this okay well anyways we're talking about this. a fucking 215 kids were found in a grave multiple graves that was the intro. Well, that was just episode. that one. That's just one grave. There's there's multiple graves that have been found in like a week. Yeah, no, apparently uh, they it wasn't one big mass grave. That's actually not true. So, did you want to? I guess we're gonna have to get in the story. We got a we got a few stories for you guys today. All right, yeah. guys. So, the stories we have today. Fuck, bro. Um, Fuck. this is why. I need alcohol in my life. His stories like these. Bro, like, get the Kraken, so man. Up. I got the Kraken, 47%. Drink up. Listen, I don't like Kraken. Kraken's shit. Are you what drinking, the fuck? Bro? Are you fucking kidding me? You actually like Kraken? Yeah, I do. So the stories we got for you guys, not the best. Some bad shit's been going on. As I'm sure you have heard, there's that uh, 250 unmarked graves found at the Kamloops Residential School. Yeah. We also have some... Uh, Manitoba's absolutely getting ganked by COVID-19 again. Yeah, again. which I was sure about guys... to say was going to be hilarious, but that's really not because people are dying. Go ahead and say it. I want you to Fucking say it. Awful. Cut it out. I just did. Oh. Uh, we also got a housing crisis coming from Canada, which is my speculation, but it's pretty obviously common. <laughs> and well, yeah, uh, Black it's... Lives Matter call out Trudeau. For being not effective, not, not being an effective leader. Well, yeah, I mean, that's Justin Trudeau. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a prime minister of symbols, right? He loves supporting people through symbolism. So that's how he does it. Well, he's a liberal after all. That's what they do. Yeah, I mean, that's what neoliberalism is. Local movement. That's right, Derek. That's what you are. Wow. You're just calling me a symbol? I'm calling you a fucking symbol. I'm not even a human to you? Yeah, that's right. Listen, listen, I think I'm worth more than symbol. Anyways, starting off with our first story. As I'm sure most of you guys are aware of, the horrible revelation of these 250 children being found on the grounds of the Kamloops Residential School, which is unbelievable how many kids that is, you know? Yeah, so this was found that's by fucking the, um, disgusting. So the, uh, the Kamloops... Uh, Shequimpem? I'll have to cut in a different pronunciation of that. Listen, it's, it's super hard to pronunciate, uh, pronunciate from an English standpoint. I literally have the pronunciation in front of me. I mean, Shequimpem. Shequimpem? 
I guess that's how it. So these First Nations, they found the remains of these, uh, of these children. And this was over the Victoria Day weekend, and they used ground-penetrating radar, which was available to them, thankfully, because they got a, a grant from the BC's Pathway to Healing Program. So if, uh, I think the NDP put that into effect. So, you know, just, uh, you know, just stroking the NDP there. Anyways. Of course. That's what no, this podcast course. is for. That's what this podcast is for. Come on. Hashtag Jake Daddy. Okay, I don't know if that's if during this story. I don't know if that's fucking appropriate. I uh, anyway, we're, we're both trying to get canceled right now. Hey, Jake Daddy is a great, great reference because I, I mean, I got my, uh, I got the poster. In. We got the Jake Daddy poster. In. Derek, two hundred and fifteen kids were found. <laughs> dead bodies were found. Bro, Jordan Peterson is going to have fucking pictures of them all up in his house somewhere, right? You calling him a pedophile? No, he's infamous for just having a bunch of stolen indigenous art up in his house. Oh, shit. His house shit. is full of it. Yeah. What a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, so this, of course, everybody was pissed off after this whole finding, you know, at, yeah. at the, the residential school system. And what happened there? So, you know, this is just like the preliminary findings, too. We got to point this out. The full report is going to come out in June and they could find more bodies by then. So also, I want to point something uh, like because Jugmeet Singh made a statement about this. And also the I think it was a CBC article. No, it was the Globe and Mail. The Globe and Mail's article had to issue a, a correction because they used the term mass grave. And the Tekemloops, uh, Shekwapem First Nation, they said that the remains were found spread out in what they consider to be unmarked, undocumented burial site, not a mass grave. So it wasn't yeah, so one big mass grave. So that's important to note. It was just, it was just like 200, 215 kids that weren't accounted for, that they just buried with no tombstone. No one knew they were there. Which is equally as fucked up. No, that's equally as fucked up. It doesn't really matter if it was a mass grave or not. They killed 15, 215 kids. Or, yes, they likely died direct of... Direct abuse or neglect at these yes. schools. Right. Likely died from, uh... So, yeah, they likely died from, like, uh, tuberculosis or, you know, other things. Like, that shit spreads. So, basically, up until now... So, let's talk about the school. The reason why this is a big deal is because the former Truth and Reconciliation Commission's registry only confirmed about 51 deaths for Kamloops from 1914 to 1963. So this Only is, 51. Yes, that's the official number wow. they had before this. So oh, they, they missed about 200, and this school itself uh, operated from 1890 to 1969, and the m- majority of that time, it was being run by Catholics. Specifically yeah. the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, which just sounds like a cult. The Oblates well, well, of cult. Mary Immaculate. Yeah, that is that sounds, it sounds like a bunch of nuns that just beat kids for because they're just beat kids. I don't know. Like some weird cult in a horror film or something? Yeah, horror like horror. the fucking nun. Like the movie The Nun or Annabelle or something like that. Annabelle? <laughs> Isn't there a nun in that? Uh, I think in that whole... In the new one, I think that Annabelle has a nun. I think it's in anyways. City's that doesn't fucking 14. matter. We we should City's we should focus 19. on these kids. Basically, Insidious Part Four is what occurred at this residential school. That's what we're saying right now. Yeah. So they, yes, they ran it up until 1899-69. Catholics ran that bitch. Then the feds jumped in, 
and ran the school for another nine more years before they closed in 1978. Uh, and just to give an example of like the health inspector, which probably wasn't a good dude either because he's going into these residential schools to see how they look, right? Because mm-hmm. nobody really was a good dude if you're involved with the situation, especially in the 1920s. No, no, one, no one is a good person that ran these, uh, was involved in these schools at all, that ran right. them or had a involvement with them at all. all. Right, so basically, this dude, 1927, we have the report that the medical officer said when he visited the school to check out like how it was looking, and he said that he found the recreation room for younger boys was, quote, most unsanitary and had contributed to, quote, numerous infections, colds, bronchitis, and pneumonia during the past winter. Uh, the toilets, the outside toilets, the inspector said, were, quote, a distinct menace to the health of the children and should be destroyed. Straight up yeah. destroyed. Not even That was clean. 1920s, like. That was 1927. <laughs> 1927. Fucking standards, right? Yes. <laughs> That's how horrible it was. People were That's like literally in mine shafts covering coal dust. And this dude was like, listen, we got to blow up the outhouse with dynamite. It's so unsanitary in there. It's so bad. It's not fit for human life. So just, just giving you an exact idea of how absolutely disgusting this was. So I just want to point out, if we found 250 formerly unregistered, un- unmarked, 215, sorry. Like, we have to check every single one for this. Listen, the school system was in this uh, residential school system was a national thing. Across the nation, there's these schools run by the same fucking people. It happened, I guarantee you, at every single school, over 75% of it. If I'm giving an estimate, I don't actually have the numbers. Um, like, oh, we got to check every single fucking school ground, right? I guarantee you that there's tens of thousands of indigenous kids that are buried, tens of thousands that are buried at these sites. And this was happening like your parents' age, your parents' age, these things were, um, these things were happening when your parents were kids. Like, just think about that. Like, this is not far removed at all. This is one generation ago. Okay. I get something I got here right in front of me, right sitting right in front of my peepers, is a letter addressed from Kamloops Indian Residential School on November 18th, 1948 to their parents. This is what they would send Mm. to the parents of the kids about... Yeah, I saw that. And it says, quote, I'm going to read the whole thing verbatim, okay? Sorry if this guy's a little boring Mm -hmm. to you, but, you know, this is a serious issue, okay? They said, quote, Dear parents, it will be your privilege... Privilege... This year to have your children spend Christmas at home with you. The holiday will extend from December 18th to January 3rd. This is a privilege which is being granted if you observe the following regulations of the Indian Department. Number one, the transportation to the home and back to the school must be paid by the parents. Parents must come themselves to get their own child. Children, if they are unable to come, they must send a letter to the principal of the school stating that the parents of other children from the same reserve may bring them home. Children will not be allowed to go home alone on the train or bus. And number two, the parents must bring the children back to the school strictly on time. If the children are not returned to school on time, they'll not be allowed to go home for Christmas next year. I ask you to observe the above regulations in order that this privilege of going home for Christmas may be continued from year to year. 
It will be a joy for you to have your children with you for Christmas. It will be a joy also for your children, and it will bring added cheer and happiness to your home. Yours sincerely, uh, Reverend F. O. Grady, OMI Principal. It, what the fuck? You have They're the privilege. Them it's their privilege to have to their have, kids home for a holiday. Have your kids home. Which isn't even their holiday. Which I was just about to say for the white man's holiday. <laughs> right? Like, that's fucked up. That's super fucked up. And guess what? If your kids are late, like one minute getting back, you ain't fucking seeing them again for next Christmas, bitch. Yeah, you don't get that privilege. That like, how privilege horrible of is seeing that? your own fucking kids. To see your own children. They're literally stolen from you. After your land was stolen from you. Yeah. You know? Listen, I tell you what. I've always said this before. Maybe this is getting too deep. Maybe, maybe I might have to cut this. If the Native Americans started some shit again, like let's say they got organized and they like started to arm themselves and whatnot, how could you blame them after what's happened over Listen, so many we're, years? We're, we're super lucky that there has been like an FLQ style um, group that has come out of the uh, Aboriginal communities. Right, because we have created some, I, mean, I guess it's just not in their nature, like from what, I don't know. Wait, no, maybe saying not in your nature is culturally, not a good thing to say. Culturally, not a good thing. like historically, culturally, yeah. From they, what they, um, it, it's not in their culture to do that, right? Right. It's to be like at least warrior from up kind here, thing. right? It's the whole warrior yeah. kind of thing, right? Not the whole like. Well, they've also tactics. been beat down, and um, like uh, the abuse is, I think, a little bit higher there. I'm not entirely sure if that's not abuse, but like. Well, I mean, are you talking about in reference to Palestinians, like from Indian, from sorry, Native Americans to Palestinians, like the. The abuse is, is different, right? No, I'm saying like uh, like uh, the the um, substance abuse. Oh, right, yeah. With like ability to um, handle alcohol and stuff like that, and addiction and stuff that runs rampant. They're basically everything was taken from them, and people would just kill them when like on site, right? If they did anything wrong, right? And then we made a bunch of trees with them, then we broke, and then you know whatever. Yeah, and we like it's a little bit different. Just their situation's just a little bit different, right? It is different. You're right. It is different. Um, and cult so, culturally, that probably like the historical culture of um, the indigenous people up in uh, in the northern uh, region of Americas, Americas, right? Canada, yeah. Stuff like that is. I I think they're a little bit more um, anti-war and more like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. All right. Well, like, you know, let's just give like a I don't bit know more. that much about their uh, um, culture, honestly. Let's just give a bit more info on like the background of the schools. Yeah. Just so we have. So basically, if, if for those who haven't heard about this stuff in a while or came out of school not too long ago or whatnot. So basically from 1883 to 1996, nearly 150,000 Indigenous kids were separated, basically taken, often by force, and sent to these government-funded, church-run schools in an attempt to assimilate them into white culture. So often, they faced neglect, as we just saw from the 1927 health inspector, and physical and sexual abuse. So, Well-documented. Well-documented. Especially amongst the Indigenous community today. Like, right. they're very vocal about this shit. They even were vocal about um, kids and people dying in these schools, At right? The they talk about it all the time. Well, they still do. 
Well, I'm not. Of course, they would still do. I mean, I don't know. That's why they call it an open secret, is because no one else fucking talks about it. Like the media doesn't give a fuck, and the government doesn't give a fuck until like they get ousted, right? Yeah, apparently for like 20 years, the local residents of the Kamloops to Shekwapem, the Kamloops to Shekwapem, they said like for the past 20 years that they've known there's some unregistered deaths on this place that exceeds 51, according to the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So yeah. they've kind of known it because it was their children, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. Like, they know. Mm. They know. It's out there. The information's out there. They just don't give a fuck to uh, make it official, right? Now they have to make it official. Now they are, but... And, like, you're going to find thousands of kids across the country. It doesn't matter where you are. You're going to find thousands of kids on undocumented uh, deaths at these schools. Which is why we should get... If Trudeau was serious about this Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which I haven't seen much action done in terms for the... Um, no, there's been none. There's been none. Right. So this would be something that would be extremely helpful. It wouldn't help their current situation, the current living standards, but it would at least be able to heal some of the wounds that were left. Or sorry, it would be able to recognize the wounds that were left by the residential school system uh, if they were able to do this. Now, I want to point out something we haven't mentioned so far. The, to Kamloops, or sorry, the Kamloops Residential School, that was at one point, the largest residential school in Canada. So it is a specific... Uh, okay, yeah. So, you know, it was an s- important... Well, one. there's... They found other... They found other... Um, I'm not other, saying they won't other find other ones. Deaths. I'm not saying they won't find other ones. I'm They've just already saying, found other sites uh, across the country. Like, in Saskatchewan, there's one that they found. Alberta, they have a like whole it's bunch already of missing spread. ones. Alberta, they have a whole, bunch, a whole of bunch of missing kids, ones. and they're gonna, they said they're going to find them now, which is good. Yeah. Why haven't they decided to find them before? Well, they knew that they were missing before. 100% they knew. Like, what These the fuck? communities have been talking about it. They've been t- contacting the governments about it. Government just hasn't given a fuck. Right. So, basically, the... Uh, so that... What, let's just call it the TNR mission. Truth and Reconciliation, let's just call it the TNR. Okay, so the TNR commission? Yeah, TNR Commission concluded in its, its 2015 report, that happened, what, six years ago, we did the TNR uh, initiative, was really pushed for, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> and they, in that report, they said what happened in the school constituted, call it, quote, cultural genocide. That's what they're saying. Oh, 100%. It's no different than the Uyghur uh, Muslim. Uh, genocide that's happening in China right now. Exactly, exactly. And they said that that uh, three thousand two hundred students died at the schools during that time, the whole time frame of when they were open, eighteen eighty three to nineteen ninety six, and mm-hmm. that obviously <laughs> the fucking article that I got this from said a rate that was far higher than for students elsewhere in Canada. Well, no of shit. Course. You can bring of your course. kids home from fucking Christmas without a letter uh, at all those other schools, not just at the resident, you know. Yeah, it's it's so funny that they say Christmas and not like like everybody celebrates Christmas, you know. Of course, right. Well, I mean, they're trying to convert them, quote unquote, into their yeah. their uh so, weird cult religion. What I want to focus on now more so is like, how would you fix the problem, Cole? How would you go about fixing the problem here? What do you, what's the what do you mean fix the problem? Well, how do you go fixing the problem, like? Uh, Fixing or not fixing, but um, going about uh, apologizing for the abuse that took place at these places. 
what is the right steps to move forward for the indigenous community here? Well, I think um, making apologies, we've made so many and Mm. apologies don't raise people out of poverty. Okay, they don't do that. They make they address issues that were there and they're basically the least thing you can do is to apologize that is the yeah. lowest de- denominator action you could take to address this issue so that ain't gonna do jack shit what you have to do is you have to fund a obviously go to all these residential schools with the ground penetrating radar and find and try and find these bodies that's a that's that's basically what should be done and then but that's just to address what happened in the past. You know, in order to fix mm-hmm. what's happening right now, I think this is an issue where I kind of don't know 100% how to fix the current issue. Because the indigenous population, we're sick and tired of having the white man mishandle their, uh, their position, you know, their situation. And they want more, they want more freedom to act within their own uh, individual nations, right? Mm-hmm. However, obviously, okay, so like just right off the bat, obviously we have to fix all of the problems with infrastructure, dealing with these uh, reservations and whatnot. So obviously we have to do that. That's like the f- second step. That's a duh position. We need to fire up like the, the TNR commission again because like we still got a shitload of missing people, shitload of missing uh, girls and shit mm-hmm. and find them. But these are all peripheral things, I think, because this isn't solving the issue of of poverty among the indigenous people, which has been caused by a lack of a generational wealth due to the discrimination they face throughout the years. And I I'm not quite sure how to do that. Yeah. So I was I was thinking about that today a little bit. And really what I came down to was the fact that, of course, like the way Justin Trudeau goes about things like, oh, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And then like never addressing the actual problem. Right. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, fuck, fuck it, it's so bullshit. It's like a corporation. It's like Aunt Jemima changing their, uh, their logo. Fucking fantastic. How does that help black people? Right. It, How yeah, does apologies exactly. help anything? It doesn't. Right. Okay. Second thing I, I, that pissed me off was um, white people on Instagram. And probably Twitter and other places. I don't really have Instagram. Um, talking mm-hmm. about how they themselves are settlers because their ancestors were settlers. And they're apologizing for their ancestors' uh, crimes actions? that they did. Um, actions. And I'm like, but okay, okay. White guilt. That's that's a classic white case guilt. of white it's guilt. So fucking dumb. Okay, you're not a fucking settler. None of you that have posted this own any fucking land. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even fucking own lands. How could you be a settler? I mean, you were born to a family in Canada. That ain't your fault. That's just how shit happened, right? You're not a fucking settler. You did not do these crimes. However, what you can do is you can directly go to your MP, your government. Um, You can protest alongside the Indigenous community, which would be fantastic, as well as um, emailing and calling relentlessly if you give a fuck about this relentlessly once a week once a day emailing calling your representatives provincially and federally saying what the fuck are you going to do uh, about the reconciliation what the fuck is your plan how the uh, like call out their uh, past uh, search up their uh, voting record and call out their uh, votes in the past uh on this issue 
And that's what you should be focusing on, not apologizing for the events that took place. You're not at fault. Why the fuck should you apologize? I say this because I'm a white guy. I ain't guilty about being white. I recognize I have a privilege um, just for by being white. That's white privilege. That's a thing, of course, right? Just part of the whiteness and stuff. However, use that privilege for good. Mm. You have a power. Use that power for good. One of your powers is emailing your fucking constituents, right? You mean your representative? Going to a protest. Yeah, um, your representative, sorry. That's effective, right? Going to a protest is effective. Apologizing on Instagram is not effective. None of you guys are fucking settlers. Derek, anytime you you slap or like snap your fingers, that goes through the audio. I can hear it. So I (laughs) need you to like, I'm just making points here. I need okay, you to I'll tone that best. down because then I'm, that's going to. It's going to fuck with the audio. Well, I mean, it's, it's just people are just going to hear it and then it's going to be like, oh. Okay. Yeah. So no. when I'm making a point, I'm slapping. I understand. No, <laughs> that makes sense. The whole white guilt thing is sort of yeah. um, interesting because, yeah, this wasn't our land. We did somebody or the white settlers who were who took this place. They stole it from somebody else. Right. Yeah, but that was 400 years ago. Like, right, no then, one that did that is alive nowadays. You can't blame anybody for that. You so can take the, down the statues. You can take down. You can take away the names from the institutions that uh, hold their names. They stuff, are actually taking down the statues. Sir no, William I know a. that's McDonald's fantastic. statue got taken down. I think I, I personally think that's a good thing. Um, however, just apologizing because your ancestors might have done something is not so, effective what you just you're said only Derek, responsible for your own actions right that's true yes so like you personally haven't done anything but what i have to say though is that the language you just used there that so that happened 400 years ago well, well yeah, it doesn't that, make that right that that's not what i'm saying and the, the line that's have... used by like boomers who when native americans say you know this used to be our land you guys took it they say well that happened four years a uh, hundred years ago get over it that's what the boomers like to say okay so, that's so why here's, here's no I here's my take, take here here's my take yeah so it did happen 400 years ago right yes. the colonizing uh not all of it actually so uh in the 1800s 1867 and 20 years after that, uh, it was mostly just the eastern, eastern Canada that was mm-hmm. Canada. And then they annexed the rest of the country within 20 years. And that was mostly John A. McDonald's. He was mostly the guy that did that. No one from that day of age is alive now. No one is directly responsible for that now. You can't blame the system, right? You know how we were talking about how uh, Israel has a right to be a state? Right. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. That does relate here. It too. already happened. Oh, you can't. You, you, yes, but you, you could can't say, just say here. Here's your land back, right? But Palestinians you know can what I mean? say. But Palestinians do have the right to say you took our land from us. No, you have to give us 100%. some reparations. Hundred percent. I'm not arguing against reparations. I'm just saying. Okay. Yes. No one alive yeah. today is responsible directly responsible for the set civilization of this land. Yeah. Yeah. No one can take direct responsibility except for the heads of the organizations that were directly involved in it, like the United or not the United States. Yes, also the United States, but the Canadian oh, government, yeah. the Catholic Church, the Mennonite Church, just all the churches. All the churches. Right? All the churches. Um, 
So they are the people that need to uh, make the apologies. They are the people that need to take responsibility. And they are the people that need to uh, be in charge of the reparations. It's not Oh, you. fuck no. I don't want what them you can do the reparations. You... Are you kidding me? They won't do shit. Well, who else is going to give them? The government has to, to give it. The church is just going to do jack shit. The church won't even apologize for this. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, church, yeah. So, but the government has to be uh, directly involved in right. reparations. They definitely 100% deserve reparations. Right. Now, my idea of reparations, this is a very like virgin take. Because again, uh, I'm with you. I'm not, <laughs> I don't really know what would fix the problem, fix the current problems that uh, Aboriginal people nowadays are facing. Because that's so hard. That's so hard to fix. It's directly just poverty, right? Yes. Yeah. So personally, me being a leftist, I'm like, well, you got to get rid of the poverty part. That's the main right. thing, right? So I was saying, I was thinking, well, give them free fucking college. Give them free fucking education. Well, they have trauma with education. You're like, fuck. They have trauma with education. And also, the counter argument to this, when you bring this up to people over the age of 40, not throwing shade on anybody who's over the age of 40, I'm just saying that when I have conversations with people, they tend to have shitty opinions when people around my age, around the 20s, I guess in our education system now, they're kind of... We teach the kids that, yeah, we totally boned them and they got screwed over and it was messed up. So the takes are different generationally. Um, basically, they'll say that we already give them, uh, you know, there's there's at universities, there's spots that are reserved for um, uh, Aboriginal people to take specifically for them. Yeah, but they, not all of them. Like if you live on a reserve, you should not have to pay for any schooling whatsoever right you should not have to pay for any housing whatsoever because you are forced to live on reserve right i you're not forced to live you on should a reserve. be getting a income on, forced to live on a reserve you can leave if well you not want. technically but not technically right but they kind of are. where else are they fucking going to go they have no money what's that uh, because some people have said some stupid ass shit like they do get free post-secondary education i literally just typed it in and there's a CBC article saying debunking the myth that all First Nations people receive free post-secondary education. Well, I think they should. They all should have free get it. I mean, I, I don't know. I think everybody should have free post-secondary education. I don't think all of them get it, but that would be step one, right? So, okay, here we go. Quality education. They are allowed to go to any school that they choose. Right. They should be able to. So here's something. And they need all the. They need free mental health programs. They need to have free access and 100% guaranteed access to mental health, uh, mental health officials, right? Mental health treatment. They need to have housing. 70% of uh, Manitoba's uh, homeless people are Aboriginals. Yes. Right? They need free housing to get back on their feet. Plus, they need an income so they can pay for shit and rejoin society, right? And these things need to be offered for every person either homeless or in the reserve because the reserves are not livable they don't have livable conditions mm-hmm. up there unfortunately i don't think i don't think uh just letting them govern themselves mm-hmm. is the greatest idea. well here's the problem though that like, what is would be beneficial for the individual is the, that's the problem that's the that's big the problem wrench. right because ultimately i that's the monkey huh? wrench that's thrown into this whole affair yeah. is that we they're so pissed off at the government because of the government, oh, like just, just five, the government abused them so much 
what the fuck are they don't want the government to be involved in their lives in any sort which is 100% understandable but then how does the government fix the problem has to be I don't know give me tell you what here. tell you what doesn't fix the problem um as jugmeat said in his statement that he made he said uh stop taking indigenous Justin Trudeau stop taking indigenous kids to court after the human rights tribunal said that Canada did not adequately fund indigenous child welfare they shouldn't be taking these kids to court. That's what Jugmeet Singh said uh, about this issue to Justin Trudeau. <laughs> yeah, he's right. He's right. Justin Trudeau doesn't give a fuck. Right. It's the thing. He apologizes for things, but he doesn't ultimately give a fuck. Right? He apologizes about it and then ignores the problem. That's the big issue. Right. That's why no one trusts the fucking government with anything. And no one trusts Trudeau because they can see right through it. That's right. They can. Everybody can. Right. I, I just, like, the problem, like, the reparations problem, how to go about that, so fucking hard. And has to be, uh, you know, has to be come at both sides, right. right? They both have to come together and agree on it and do something like that. I don't think it should just be money sent to the reserve. Yes, I don't think, I think in some cases the, the chiefs of these, now this is speaking from a super white, I might have to cut this if this sounds too bad, but it's, I've heard just, just don't, just don't say that it. sometimes the chiefs no, I know what you're going to say. Uh, abuse the funds they get and don't put it adequately to their community, and instead they hoard it and buy themselves nice things. And that's something that happens with hierarchy. If I believe that if they had some sort of libertarian or anarchistic system without a leader through like direct voting action in these reserves that aren't very large, maybe I think that that would be impossible for that, for that, uh, the mismanagement of funds. But of course that's not, I don't believe that's in their culture apparently. So that won't happen. That's not, and that's, that's part of the problem, you know? Right. Well, I'm not going to say that their culture is part of the problem. Right. Cause they tried to have it. It's just so hard. How do you go about fixing the problem? Because I like, I'm all fine. And it's fine and dandy to be like, oh, this, this stuff happened, right? Fantastic. We can recognize it. We can make it a national day of mourning every year yeah, cool. for uh, the children that were abused and um, died under the residential school right. system. We can apologize for it every week. Right. And right? Then, you know, that doesn't change anything. Everybody in Canada can recognize and apologize simultaneously about the issue. That doesn't fucking change. Yeah, we can it. put it in the national anthem if it we want. Feel doesn't good. It doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't fucking. We gotta fix the material uh, being. How do we do that? That's the question. It's a little bit tough, just because of how um, the relationship between the uh, First Nations and Canada are. Right. But I, I ultimately think that there has to be some sort of there has to be some sort of payment directly to the survivors reparations directly to the survivors who are alive that went to a residential school uh-huh. right and uh, for the residents of a mm-hmm. reserve they all direct uh, deserve 100% deserve a UVI to start fixing and like giving them direct directly giving them money to fix up their houses to fix up their living conditions maybe to get a better education send their kids to a uh, university However, these people have been traumatized in school, so do they even want to go to the university? That might be a bit triggering. Yeah, yeah that's right? true. Government being like, I'm sorry we raped you at school. Here's some uh, free money to go to school. Yeah, that's, that's where it gets weird. By the way, I want to say that the, the 
funding for post-secondary, only stat, quote, status Indians, end quote, or people recognized by the government as Indian. Are we still using this dated ass term? Come on, guys. Only them, only yeah, they can, so only they are eligible to receive funding for the post-secondary stuff. And then apparently um, they don't automatically get it if they're eligible because sometimes the funding, the demand for the funding far exceeds the money that the bands receive for the post-secondary education anyways. So it's like they'll get 15 to 23 mm-hmm. students can go a year, but they have to turn away like 30 applicants. So they don't really have it. Though. No, they don't have it. Every single person that went to a residential school needs uh, direct funding uh, for mental health, education, housing, and a personal yes. fund. By the way, um, they need it because the government stole their ability to have those things yeah. when they abused them uh, so harshly at these residential schools. And they put in these laws, these racist laws, um, of, uh, making them second class citizens, basically. And it results in them being uh, homeless on a way larger scale than any other uh, nationality or racial or racial group. By the way, I just want to point out ethnic group. Sorry, it's six forty-eight p.m. and you have to leave at seven thirty. So I think we have to move on from this issue. Probably, we talked a lot about this issue. I have a lot of problems with this, like a lot of problems Mm -hmm. from everybody. (laughs) Yes. People being too woke and apologizing for being white, like, fuck off. You're not fixing anything. Yes. Granted, a lot of those posts also had um, information to email your MPs. That's actual. Um, that's actually something I would do good, right? Yeah, that's a, that actually does good. That you're pressuring your um, your representatives to actually do something. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to apologize for oh. being white. You're never going to catch me apologizing for my privilege because I don't believe you should ever apologize for your privilege. Um, However, what you should do is use that privilege for good. So you can criticize people that don't use their privilege for good. That's 100% okay. But you should never apologize for having privilege. Because you didn't get to choose it when you're born, right? No, right? Like, oh, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I have my parents. Like, I had, there's actually, there's a story. I'm walking down. I'm walking down. Um, where was it? It was a mall downtown, right? So I'm basically walking down. And I had a smoothie in my hand and stuff. And this homeless woman. Uh, you're getting far away from the mic. Comes up to me. I'm not. My mic has not changed. Oh, it hasn't? Okay. You're, I don't know. Maybe it's the connection or something. It starts to go into a tunnel. Like it's backing out and getting quieter. It's very strange. Maybe it's just the way I'm talking. I'm not yelling enough. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just continue. So I was, I was just walking downtown. I had a smoothie in my hand and stuff. I bought it with my cart. That's important. Uh-huh. So this, um, this uh, homeless woman. Uh, came up to me and asked me for change. She's like, "Hey, do you have any change on you? Because you know, I'm, hey, I'm with my friends. I have a smoothie, stuff like that. Like, you can obviously uh, think that I have, uh, I have money, extra money to uh, give her, right?" I said, "No, sorry, I actually don't have any change. I, I bought this card, um, and yeah, and I just went to move on. I would have given her change if I could. I usually do in those circumstances." Uh, even if they're going to fucking buy drugs with it, who cares? They deserve it. <laughs> okay. And then all of a sudden, she started yelling at me, saying that I stole her land. I personally stole her land and all this stuff. And she started making a big fuss about it. And I, uh, me, like, I didn't know really what to do. So what I did was I apologized again for not having any uh, extra coins on me to give her. 
but I did it really loud. So I would get the attention of the people around me just because I didn't want like a physical altercation to break out. Right. Yes. But my problem there was that I was being directly accused of stealing this person's land and being directly the response, like directly responsible for this person's well-being. And my biggest thing about that is I, I, I care deeply about the First Nations issue here. There are so many young women um, that go missing. There's so many kids that die to these schools. They are treated so poorly. You look at the reserve and the living conditions there, and it, it, it makes me like, it makes me emotional just how fucked up it is. It is fucked up. We have to. It's, it's so fucked up. And I just, that, that affected me a little bit just because I, I felt like a fucking asshole. When I said, I can't, I, I don't have any money to give you. I can't, I'm not going to give her my bank card. Right. Yeah, right? No, I understand. It's, it's an odd it's stuff situation like that. to put in, you know? Yeah, it's an odd situation. Now, I'm not blaming her for anything or whatever, but it's just a weird, it's just a weird standard that we have in Canada where we're complicit in this, right? Yeah, it's bad. I don't know. I'm just, we have to, anyways, we have to move on to another story, dude. We're almost out of time. Yeah. Yeah. We got to move on. Let's, let's talk about COVID. Again, as everybody oh, wants shit, to Manitoba talk about, is. everybody wants to talk about this. If, when you put COVID in the title for these podcasts, nobody watches them. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sorry. I understand <laughs> though, because they are hearing about 24 seven, but we have to mention this because we need to hold our current provincial government, uh, to, a, we have to hold them accountable for what's going on right now. Do we, do we really, it's their I feel fault. like everybody has the same, I know, but I feel like we've talked about this so much and everybody has the same opinion on it. I feel like. Well, it's kind just of not everybody watches other like some people might just be getting their news from this. We just have to ha- let them know. Like everybody also heard about the whole residential school thing. Everybody else has talked about that. Like, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? OK, let's talk about it. Try to make it quick, though. OK, so, yeah, basically, Manitoba's officials didn't hear the warnings about the whole third COVID-19 case. And now, like, the hospitals are getting boned. So if you guys haven't heard this whole factoid. Manitoba has posted the highest per capita COVID-19 infection rate of any Canadian province or U.S. state. So, yes. So we're getting destroyed. Yeah. So we, the daily average of 26 COVID cases per 100K citizens is basically triple that of the Canadian average. And yes. So basically, yeah, there are people criticizing this shit out of the, uh, the government. Like this, uh, the social epidemiologist is like saying they basically dithered with half measures and ignored like the evidence and science around them. And yes. Yeah, because they don't give a fuck. Because they don't care. They, give a, they get a paycheck. And, they only care about the fucking economy, right? So. And listen, you know how we had, we're trying to get vaccines from other provinces. We're trying to send people down to the States. Now the hospitals are getting destroyed so hard. We've had to send uh 32 icu uh, patients to ontario and saskatchewan because there is no capacity in winnipeg or brandon hospitals to handle them um and apparently three of them have been returned and one of them died after an attempt to move her yeah he died at like an airport right right and and like this isn't just affecting people with covid this is affecting patients who don't have covid because They've had to cancel People's thousands of surgeries because they don't like have like yeah. fucking staff to do the surgeries. Like six cardiac arrest patients died waiting for heart surgeries because they could not be performed. There's no nurses and other health care staff available. They've all been dealing with this whole issue. 
And those people are dead because fucking provincial government. Yeah, well, of course. I, we've been saying this the whole fucking podcast, right? It, the blood is on the conservative government's hand. It's on Pallister's hands. He's directly responsible for almost all of it. Right. All these people that have died. It's, it's his fault. Cutting the health service, at, you know, once he got in power in, what, 2016, cutting funding to them and the education system, trying to find holes in the, uh, in the budget and whatnot, and creating them in the most important social programs we have. It's just absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. And also, this crisis, uh, they've been warned, like dozens of doctors basically said that the healthcare system was in danger in early April. And COVID-19 cases would begin rising exponentially in Canada. And the provincial officials just dismissed these concerns. Even as the hospitalizations in Ontario grew to, for their third wave, uh, they ignored that. And they've attempted to use a similar strategy that they used last time. Uh, that was a failure during the whole second wave. Uh, so they've attempted to use the same one. And it hasn't worked. Again. Well, no shit. You thought they would have learned from their mistakes, but they haven't. They haven't done that. And now, and now Pallister had to like phone up Justin Trudeau and is like, yo, can I have some more critical care nurses and respiratory therapists? Yeah, because we don't have the fucking funding in Manitoba to do that. So that's what's going on with uh, Manitoba. Every other province right now is easing their restrictions and beginning to open up, except for Manitoba. We're in our hardest, most, most uh, lockdown state that we have been yeah. because of it. I, we can't even do the podcast together because, well, of course, because we can't meet people. We're doing our, we're doing this responsibly, trying to do this as responsible as possible. Of course, everybody should do that. However, the reason why we have to do that is the government's fault. That's true. By the way, guys, guys, I swear to God, everybody right the fuck now, get your fucking vaccine. I swear to God, I I'll personally come to your house and slap you, <laughs> slap you across the face. Jordan Peterson will come and, and RKO suplex you into the ground. If you do not get, we will do it in hazmat vaccine. suits to make sure we don't get COVID. I've talked to quite a few people who've said too many at this point will say dumb shit. Like I'll get the vaccine. Just not now. I'll wait a while. I know. I'll wait a while when it doesn't matter anymore. That's what they're doing. And other people saying, like, I don't understand why people are in such a hurry to get it. It's like, look at the numbers, bro. Look at the numbers. People are fucking dying right now because people aren't getting their vaccines. I got mine, uh, what is it, two, two and a half, three weeks ago? My first dose, because that's all I was eligible for. But Yeah, I got mine on the 25th. Like, most, most people I know have got it. There's a couple people that are a bit worried about it. The big, uh, the big thing that I think is actually being uh, spewed around in church and religious circles is that it's going to affect your babies, right? Your babies are going to be deformed uh, when you, if you get the vaccine. Which is fucking dumb. Have vaccines? Dumb. Okay, here's the thing that all, I've heard people say. They want to wait to see what the long-term effects are. And I don't believe... Yeah, ultimately, that's what that is. <laughs> that's ultimately what it is. I don't believe... Any vaccine has led to long-term side effects. I don't think that, you know. No. Except for the long-term effect of not having polio. Right. (laughs) Right? Or having the Spanish flu, right? That's what they're good for. And so millions of of kids have One of the long-term effects. What's that? And like so many people have been given this. Like millions upon millions of people have been given the shot. Uh, Yeah. And we document the problems that they've caused. 
they've caused problems for like a couple thousand people. There's been uh, cases of blood clots uh, within women. That's the only issue. And we addressed that, right? That was very well documented. That was national news. Everyone fucking heard about that. If there is a more severe problem, that would be national news too, and right? That would be. That would be mass national news. And they would suspend the administration of the vaccine itself. Yeah, because they're so fucking touchy about it, right? Right. Which they should be. But uh, Which they should be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You just got to wrap up this fucking ice cream truck bro delivery send man. the fleet what are they doing listen send the instead fleet. of hiring just one ice cream man hire a fleet of them at least yeah like, drive around bro. the country to deliver vaccines hire the military ice cream parlor to go around the country and deliver these vaccines i want a like, humvee the i want a humvee that's got the little speaker on top <laughs> of it playing the goddamn you know ice cream song listen i did my part i know i know the people that fly those big uh shipping planes one of the en- engineers like for the military and i told them i'm just like you guys better be fucking delivering vaccines with those bowies right there yeah we're flying them every week doing fucking tests on them i'm just like might as well do something useful uh also deliver vaccines speaking about flying <laughs> this is just a footnote um yeah <laughs> i saw this on reddit no sorry i saw this on on instagram okay so according to wikileaks twitter this is literally one second i know this is not relevant on WikiLeaks Twitter, a rogue killer drone hunted down a human target without being instructed to. The UN, a UN report says what? A rogue killer drone hunted down a human target, and they didn't. Which tell it nationality? To do it. Uh, this happened in, I believe, Libya in March 2020. Oh my god! It was a, a some fucking Iron Man shit. A right Cargo uh, Two quadcopter autonomously attacked a human target during a conflict between the Libyan government forces and a breakaway military faction. The Turkish-built Cargo 2 deadly attack drone designed for this type of warfare targeted one of Haftar's soldiers while he tried to a retreat, according to a paper, and they didn't tell it to do that. They're getting fucking sentience, my dude. That's fucking insane. That literally sounds like the plot to, like, an Iron Man movie. Well, I was gonna say, like, Terminator. Terminator 2. Yeah, so well, I mean, like Age of Ultron, is is that an Iron Man movie? That is no, that is a, an Avengers film. Avenger, that's an Avengers film. Yeah, with the fuck, guy. I'm going to have the nerds on me for that. Yeah, well, I mean, I I can cut it out to make it look better. <laughs> no, keep it in. Do. Fuck the nerds. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, Be playful. Don't worry. We got a housing <laughs> crisis in, uh, coming to Canada. Apparently, Derek, why don't you go ahead and tell us about it? Yeah. So since uh, two thousand, the millennium. Yes. Canada's housing prices have increased in uh, real terms by uh, 168% compared to the growth of uh, 55% in the United States. So Canada's housing, the prices of houses have just skyrocketed. It's fucking gone through the roof insanely. Um, and Canada's uh, National Housing Agency predicts that um, home prices could surge by... Um, by a further 14% by the next year. Damn. So by 2022, it could go up uh, 14% from here. And you, this is a problem, uh, you see, because people are, for some reason, buying more and more houses right now. Wages haven't increased. More and more houses are being bought. More people are buying uh, in rural areas as well, which is probably part of the uh, reason because rural areas are cheaper than urban areas. 
Um, but fuck, I mean, it's, it's part of the reason, like my, my parents, uh, bought a house in, uh, Alberta for like $150,000 back in the early two thousands, sold it for almost $4,000. Now we live in a, because that's Alberta. Now we live in a, uh, they sold it for almost $4,000. That was it. Four hundred thousand. Okay, okay, right. I was just about to say, and, what the fuck? Sorry, I do that all the time. Yeah, no worries. Um, and yeah, I I think that's a big, not it benefited us, right? Benefited us in the long term because we could buy a better house now when we move back to Manitoba and stuff like that. However, the problem is, how the fuck are we going to buy houses? You and me? Yeah, yeah, we're boned. We have to wait on a certain. How, how the fuck? We have to wait. That's the only is way. Gen Z going to buy a house? There's no fucking way. All the houses are hundred or six hundred thousand dollars, and we're sitting here. We can't even get a job that pays more than fifteen dollars an hour. I mean, I have one, but okay. Okay, I know, but like for the average person, yeah, that's true. Our age, yeah, I know, is making probably about twelve dollars an hour. Post college, post college, right? Post university, right? right? There's the job market right now is so trash. Yeah, it's bad. That no one can get a fucking job or a meaningful job in any uh, shape or form. They can get a fucking job at McDonald's. That's barely a fucking career, right? right? So what I would say is that I what I would like to say is let's wait for the housing market to its bubble to burst. But I'm not sure if it's going to burst because well, they're predicting that house, the prices of houses are going to go up by another 14 percent. Right. It doesn't seem like it's going to burst. And this is like three times the uh, uh, growth rates from the U.S., yeah, that's pretty bad. We so a house in like measly, like Detroit style Winnipeg oh. is $400,000. Meanwhile, in Arizona, it's under two, uh, 200000 Uh It's getting worse what though. What the fuck's going States, on? Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. And I don't know what we're going to do. Like the, <laughs> there has to be some sort of extreme regulation taken by the federal government or the provincial government to cap housing prices. Or do something like that. No, that's, that's going to cause so many problems. That's going to piss so many people off, though. But here's the thing. Yeah. You, you want to... This is going to see an increase in homelessness, guys. Oh, 100%. Can't afford a house. 100 You know? It doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. So what this are you doing? This rent. You know? So, like, what are, what are these people doing? And rent sometimes is ridiculous. You, you know, Some people pay as much for rent as they would for a mortgage. But they don't have the capital to put down a down payment, so they're just stuck in this endless loop of uh, of disownership, where they have to. Yeah. So that know. that that brings me to the next point. Actually, is uh, back in like the '60s, where everybody was happy, like the golden ages of, I guess, for white people at least, the golden ages of uh, the economy and wealth and shit. Yeah, for whites, yeah. Uh, um, the amounts that people paid for uh, housing on average was like 24, 25 percent, right? But according to a recent uh, report from uh, the National Bank of Canada, typical homeowner of Toronto um, spends 56% of their income on, on mortgage payments. In Vancouver, that's 64%. Hamilton, it's a little bit lower. It's like 34%. But in Victoria, it's, uh, again, 58%. So like that doubled. So the pricing, the pricing of uh, houses have doubled or tripled, basically. Yeah. Right. Yep. They've gone up 168%. But the wages have stayed the same. How are people affording these things? Well, they're not no longer saving, right? They're no longer investing because they just don't have the money. They're spending it all on their house. What's going to happen is when they're older, 
they're not going to have a fucking retirement because pension, the pension doesn't pay out anything, right? People don't have the investments because they can't afford it because they're spending on their mortgage. How are people paying off their mortgage? I don't know. They're not. Right? Like there's so many expenses to live. And the, the fact that people are spending that much of their monthly uh, income on uh, housing is just insanely ridiculous. You're not growing, you're not going to be growing the wealth of uh, the middle class, so to say, at all. And this is one of the reasons why the middle class will shrink in Canada, even though we have some good labor, um, some good labor laws and whatnot. The housing market, the house is one of the essential uh, sources of wealth for people in the middle class. And if you're locked out of that, mm -hmm. you're locked out of that very important piece of wealth. So it's not good. And something has to be done. Or something something like... has to be done. And no solution will lead to everyone being happy. Somebody's going to be extremely pissed off. Some really powerful people are going to be pissed off no matter what solution yeah. is proposed. Well, and well, one one thing you got to do is because it's our why is it artificially uh, inflated like this? Yeah, is uh, actually because a lot of the um, foreign entities, uh, either like extremely rich people from Asia, or uh, banks around the world, or banks even domestically buy these uh, places, uh -huh. uh, and they either gentrify them and sell them at a higher price. Or what they do is they just hold them. That's right. Because yeah. owning a land, owning the land and owning the asset is just a good investment in their eyes. It's a good, well, it's extremely safe. Investment, right, because you say. saw the numbers. It's projected to increase yeah. the prices of all like housing and land. So all you have to do is just buy a house here, don't sell it to anybody, and then you just have an accruing asset in value, an asset accruing in value, just permanent. Yeah, it's going to go up by 14%, right? And your uh, mortgage payments or your... um taxes on the property are going to be way lower than that like mortgage um what would a mortgage like what percentage would that be that's like two to three four percent right uh i think so somewhere around it depends on what mortgage like, you get Does it, it depends on which one you get yeah like you can't... It, it yeah it well 20 percent uh down payment i'm thinking because that's the average right right but uh, yeah i mean but like that's artificially raising the prices of these places, right? Right. You get the same thing in like LA and New York, and that's why the the fucking uh, housing there is so fucking expensive. It's ridiculous. It's because people just buy these places and leave them vacant. It's also why we have a housing shortage, mm. even though we have more vacant houses than we have homeless people. Right. It's pretty terrible, you know. Also, we're it's uh, a terrible system. We're also running out of time. Did you want to do this last story? Yeah. So basically, the housing system is going to something's going to crash. Something's going to crumble. Yes. And basically, the new homeowners are going to be the ones that are fucked. They're going to be left holding the bag. Yeah, they're going to be left holding the bag and probably going to be evicted or something. Right. So hopefully, or default on the house. But I don't see what other what else can happen though. So. Well, you got to bar these foreign entities from just buying houses and leaving them vacant. There has to be some proof of uh, of res residency in these places. Right. So, anyways, and if you're a if you're a foreign uh, entity, you shouldn't be buying property in Canada artificially raising the price. That should be illegal under uh, Canadian law. That's yeah, I agree with that. Hundred percent. That that would first of all that would uh, bring down the housing. Uh, the housing prices here that would for sure um which is, is, is extremely important for the younger generation especially us who won't be able to afford a house in in our life they're, they're, they're going boned. to be this expensive we're getting boned we're fucked okay
so what was it black lives matters they're 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 calling out trudeau right now so. yeah so basically uh you remember what i say, said at the beginning of the podcast right a little bit where i said where i said trudeau is basically just about symbolism he doesn't give a fuck about anything yes except for symbolism right okay so black lives matter uh representatives are pissed off at trudeau for just being about symbolism <laughs> so this is another story about that so uh because george floyd's uh anniversary on the 25th that happened this week uh his his death anniversary of his death is one year anniversary trudeau thought it would be a good idea to make a statement about it right as political leaders do his statement in his statement he talks about investing in black communities and proposing an end to mandatory minimums and i specify proposing because he had a year to do it and he hasn't right um none of this has actually not also these issues aren't um won't be addressed by just investing in black communities and uh getting rid of mandatory minimums the actual problem here the root of the problem is with the police right is the police brutality and the power that the police have over um the citizens yeah right? hold on especially minority citizens Derek, hold the fuck up that's the core of the problem that's what needs to be addressed to fix it did he not but say anything he doesn't about address cops? did he not say anything about police no he didn't mention police what no <laughs> bro what does he think does he think that fucking poor black community is the reason why he died dude died because the police was on his neck man <laughs> yeah exactly Wow. does not give a fuck. See, this is the problem with Trudeau. This is the problem. Black Lives Matter is 100% right for calling him out on this. He only talks about... The rhetoric. Rhetoric. He only... He, he's the whole thing, like, I'll, I'll take a knee with you guys and take a powerful photo, but I won't actually help you guys out, yeah. right? Fuck the actual movement. I'll take a photo with you. He's a centrist. That's what he is. That's all he does. That's, what, that's, that's all he does. His whole career is that. Yeah. He's a career politician. This is why people fucking hate him, and they're justified in hating uh, him about this. So he's talked about being being a feminist, right? Talked about the issue of sexism in government. He directly, I also, I, I think uh, we in a past podcast we talked about the sexual assault uh, within the Canadian military, right? Right, and apparently we didn't uh, he, have an update on this, but apparently he did know actually about. Yeah. The allegations yeah. about General Vance. Yeah, he did know about the allegations. I remember in the podcast we were talking about if he did or didn't know. Right. If he did know, then he is directly involved. And they officially said he didn't. They said he didn't and they lied. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He he did know directly. So he was complicit in that. Knowingly complicit. What a in scumbag. That. What a fucking scumbag. He um is like he does uh, deals with um, Saudi Arabia and stuff like that. He uh, does apologetics for Israel. Your mic is getting weird right now. Okay, now it's good. It just might do that uh, periodic. He makes he does apologetics for Israel. <laughs> he uh, promised uh, the Aboriginal communities that he would uh, fight for them. And what has he actually done? It's not much. Not much, right? I mean, he fixed some of the water systems, which is good. I think 60% of the uh, water systems. For a resident, for, right? uh, yeah. Which is good. What about the other 40%? Man, you've been in power for how long? How long has he been in power? Four or five years now? Uh, since 2015. 2015, seven years? I think so. How long? Shit, man. Okay, seven years. 
He's been in there for seven fucking years. What the fuck are you doing, my guy? I don't know. Well, they You're did have nothing. they did have like a whole plan to have a full uh all of them to get water and it just it didn't work. <laughs> it just <laughs> it didn't. didn't work. There's so many better people that can be in power right now. Leah Gazan, dog, she is one of the best politicians in this country. I like her better than I like Jake Meat. Okay. And everybody knows on this podcast, I sent for Jake Meat. Okay. Everybody knows. I know. Big daddy. Okay. However, Leah Gazan is even better than Jake Meat. And she's the uh, MP for um, North Winnipeg, third poorest uh, district in the in the country mm-hmm. and she directly fights for these things she directly calls people out she goes to the protests for aboriginals um and she goes to the protests for palestine yeah she's pretty badass she's directly on the streets fucking awesome that's fucking awesome why can't she be the leader of canada uh she didn't she run would do a way better job she didn't run for leadership of the ndp that's what happened she didn't run. No, and she, she didn't, I think she would have done really well if she had. But you have to put down a lot of capital in order to run for leadership. And, uh, and also you have to have like these uh, interconnections and, and shit. You have to like have these weird, yeah. like, you know, backroom connections and stuff in order to like propel you to, to leadership. That's not just federally. That's also provincially. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I mean, she runs provincially, right? Well, she runs for the federal government, but her ridings provincially in the poorest neighborhood yes she she does have the poorest so, riding in third poorest riding in all of who's going, who's going to fund her i don't know that's the thing exactly right so jake mead has a little bit of a little bit of a help. privilege there he has a little bit of help yeah but anyways i think she would be a way better than trudeau someone like her why can't we have someone that actually fights for people's issues rather than the fucking neoliberal cuck that's in power right now. Yeah. I like, agree. That's what I want. I want that so bad. Why can't we have that? Well, of course, we know why we can't have it. It's because of conservatism and the lesser of two evils, basically. And no one believes that uh, the NDP can win. So no one fucking votes for the NDP. <clears throat> and, and, you know, something big problem. Something to note, though, is that people vote in these. And actually, we're almost about out of time. But I just wanted to note something that Vouch. Uh, Vosh mentioned on Crystal and Kyle's podcast is that in the U.S. and I think there is some application here that after you have the conservatives, right, people then mm-hmm. realize how much uh, of a threat they are to Canada, and then they vote for the libs because we don't want the conservatives to win. And then at, after a liberal term, and if they don't do well, I think that's the best time for the NDP to jump in. But then also there's another side uh, that I've noticed is the whole like a uh, slingshot effect where or sorry, bounce back effect where it goes from right wing to left wing. So they go to the left wing, the so-called leftist party, and then people go, OK, well, they suck. And then they go to the right wing party, the conservatives, and then they go, OK, well, they suck. And then they just keep going back and forth. But I think that is mm-hmm. an interesting thing that they said there, that the best chance that the leftists really have is. um is after the liberals right yeah i i don't a hundred percent agree with them as much yeah um because ultimately i think the liberals and the conservatives are basically the same there's very little difference except for uh, on social issues uh, the liberals apologize for yeah, but, doing fucked but up the shit public where the conservatives don't usually do that people right public the public opinion isn't 
That's not what people's public opinion is. Well, like, what do you mean? <clears throat> people don't believe that. That's why they keep voting lib. I know, but this is this is uh, what what I'm talking about. Like that, we know that. We know mm -hmm. that as leftists, yeah, not liking them, you can make so many connections uh, between the conservatives and the liberals, and they're connected mm -hmm. on the super bad issues, right? right? Whereas the NDP is actually good, but up here in Canada, we do have a good option. We do have a good option that's prominent federally. Yet they cannot get in, regardless of anything. And why is that? Vosh's comments, though, um, it does make sense and it's kind of rational when you think about it. I don't 100% know if it's a accurate representation of reality based off what we have up here in Canada, because down there they don't even have a they don't even have a left wing option. They have the true. Democrats, yeah, which is <clears throat> neoliberal, which is on the conservative side, <clears throat> and then you got the fucking fascist party fascist light party or whatever i know you don't like me using that term so like the republicans were like super super bad right right so you have super super bad someone that took two shits in a bowl or you have someone that took one shit in a bowl okay right i want the fucking cake <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good uh that's a, that's a good example yeah so i i don't know how accurate those um his his opinion is there uh don't you have to but, like, leave right now yeah it, i don't have to be there okay um and so what what i really think is the problem is the ndp just doesn't have either enough funding to get their message up because no one really knows what the ndp is actually for and they don't have effective leadership and marketing campaign right i think yeah the campaign we actually did a whole special that we uploaded literally about this yeah so they don't have a they don't have an effective campaign campaign strategy marketing strategy like, no one cares that Jake Me goes out and cooks fucking cookies with his friends. Yeah, but like I also want to say, like, if, if we have a banging-ass campaign, I think it does matter what government it follows, you know, is all I'm saying. I would, I would agree. Well, I don't know. I think we should always have a banging-ass. We don't really have proof should, of that, We though. should always have a banging-ass campaign. But I'm just saying the likelihood of us winning is better following a certain government, right? Which government? Like, I there's no evidence that you can point to that. Like, you could look to when we got the largest like number a, seats. Stephen Harper. Stephen Harper. Yeah, dude, with, with Jack Layton. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because Jack Layton. Yeah. Now, technically, but was that because there was a conservative leader, or was that because it was Jack Layton? Uh, I think it was also because the liberals tried to run Michael Ignatieff. And he was a horrible fucking candidate. And everybody voted NDP. Yeah. That's what happened. But that would be a situation where you want the conservatives in, in order to have a better chance, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. So it does kind of... So that disproves Fosh's point there. A little bit. Or at least but in I mean, terms of... It was interesting to think about. We have to end the podcast. Well, that was Canadian uh, perspective. That's right. That was the Canadian podcast there. Every, follow us uh, on whatever platform you're listening Do to all us the on. Shit. And download it and yeah. whatever. And I hope you guys enjoyed. Hopefully, share with your friends. Hopefully the audio was good. also good-ish. I mean, I'm talking on Zoom off my headphones because we can't get together and record it like we usually do. Right. Fuck. Anyways, if you want to, if you have an issue with anything that we said or want to talk about it further, DM us on Instagram. I'd love to talk to you guys about it and like share ideas and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. If you have a point, like I'm a hundred percent down to do like a. Not a debate, but like a discuss this with with people that listen to the podcast. Yeah, right? that would be cool.
even if you disagree with us, I'd, I'd love to hash it out a little bit to hear your point of view, uh, maybe give you a more in-depth version of my point of view and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think that'll be really healthy and uh, fun for everybody. All right. Thanks. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, that, this was the Canadian Perspective signing off. That's it. Bye. Bye.